welcome to Daylight, the podcast where we talk about real life at work, at home, and in the community, and how we can have a greater positive impact on the people we know, love, and lead. I'm your host, David Day, and my business is adding value to yours. Today in the studio, we get to tap into the mega mind of business owner, leader, sales expert, entrepreneur, and all-around thought leader, Henry Hayes. Our discussion today is going to focus on disruption. So if you've not uh, addressed the idea of disruption in your world, well, hold on to your seat because this is going to happen. It's happening now. It's happening all over. And if you take a look at it with the uh, with the right angle and the right viewpoint in today's business world and, and just into the technology world and everywhere you turn, we're being disrupted. And the expert on disruption, uh, I think, uh, really one of the perennial experts uh, today in existence today is a man named Henry Hayes. And Henry Hayes is here in the studio with us today. Henry's been a friend of mine for 10 or 15 years. He's got two MBAs. Uh, he's run businesses. He's been a pharmaceutical sales rep, leveraged that into management, and then leveraged that into uh, branching out on his own and starting his own pharmaceutical company with some other folks and eventually sold that. And now he's consulting and he travels the world speaking about disruption. And yeah, that's one topic, but boy, is it a big one. Henry, welcome to the studio for our podcast today. Humble to be here, and it's my pleasure to have this conversation. Well, it's, it's fun to have you with us. And uh, you and I have talked many times, just sitting over coffee or lunch or just, you know, after church, just a quick visit or whatever. And uh, it always intrigues me whenever you talk to Henry Hayes, you're either inspired or scared to death. <laughs> <laughs> so Henry, disruption. I mean, why would people pay you to travel around the world and talk about disruption when all it does is really cause disruption? It's a great question. I think, David, you know, it's funny you mentioned my, my, a brief history of my career. As I was exiting my, my time in pharmaceuticals with really some great people and was able to be a part of something bigger than myself, I noticed the headlines that were fun, i.e., Hey, Netflix is going to stay. And oh, by the way, Blockbuster's closed. I'll never forget driving down Segan Lane here in Baton Rouge and my head turning going, yeah. wait a minute, it's closed? What happened? This yeah. is a staple of our youth. Sure. You know, the blue and yellow sign. All right. So it went from this kind of cute headline to a travel a lot in, in helping build that company. And the drumbeat got louder. So when I decided to step away from that professional phase of my life, I thought, wow, this is getting a lot quicker. The, the speed and the pace is picking up. So I decided to really jump head first in to learn as much as I could about it. And then I said to myself at 42 years old, I'll, I don't want my friends to be caught unaware. I don't want my friend to be the guy who puts the key in the door at Blockbuster and go, it doesn't work because I'm out of a job. And that happens. And it's happening everywhere right now. So what you're saying is you did it so that others might see and maybe get ahead of it. Yeah, I really believe that this message that I talk about and that others talk about, I think it's like Paul Revere riding on that horse to say the British are coming, but this is a thousand times quicker yeah. on steroids with a case of Red Bull. <laughs> and wow. so this is the speed with which this is happening. We've never seen this in business cycle. Okay, so let's get into it. What, what do you mean when you say disruption? And maybe the best way to describe it as an example. Sure. So real, real easy definition that I talk off of is Emerging technology added to a new business model or a new business approach. When you have those two, 
you can you can step into really any field today and you can be disruptive. And I think the easiest one to talk about is Netflix. Most right. of the folks listening today yeah. would have a subscription to Netflix. It's funny, when I speak, right. I'll have hands raised right. of who does not. Sure. And then the question is, well, okay, honestly, who, who's who's stealing a username and a password and the hands yeah. go Yeah, off. so they're still watching Netflix whether they have a exactly. subscription but, but just on its face, David, think about that, again, in, in and of itself. When you and I were growing up, it was ABC, CBS, NBC, a little sprinkling of Maybe some TNT. Fox, you know. Sure, but that was over-the-air cable, right? Right. Today, we're paying $13 a month, and how would that, be, how would that go if you took those three subscriptions out of your three kids' hands? Yeah. Kicking that, and screaming, that, right? That would, be, that would be a rough day at the right. day household. Yeah. So, so Netflix has transformed the way we consume entertainment, and sure. they're not done, right? Yeah. So Reed Hastings is a mathematician by trade, literally trained as a mathematician. The founder of Netflix, Reed Hastings. The CEO. And the quick story with him is he lived in California, and his problem was he had a, a VHS tape wedged between the, the cushions of his sofa, <laughs> i.e., uh-oh. What's the late fee on this one going to be? Yeah. So he takes it back to Blockbuster. It was some, somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 bucks, which yeah. absolutely doesn't make any sense. Yeah, we, he were, thought, we were all there at one point. Sure. We felt that pain. Yeah. He thought there's got to be a better way. So he walks down to Tower Records, buys two DVDs, and mails them to himself, which I think in hindsight is funny. Like, what did he think was going to happen? Did he yeah. think they were going to crumble? Right. Well, they showed up, and it was fine. Playable, no problem. So he thought, can we mail these? So, so just right there, you have... Emerging technology, i.e. the mail, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, as a way to get that entertainment to David and Sue's hands, as opposed to you backing out of your driveway, 4 p.m. on a Friday, driving to a physical location, hoping the VHS is in stock, trying to ignore the Skittles and the licorice on your way out, and then remembering to return it, yeah. right? So right. that's a hassle. Hastings said, no, 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 walk 100 feet to your mailbox. There it is. Oh, no, by the way, there's no late fee, which I think, I don't know if you remember, but I was like, I don't quite believe them. So right. I'm going to try it. And sure right. enough, yeah. return it when you want. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. And they gave you the choices. You could get, what, two, v two DVDs a month or, or three. three or something. You pay a different rate. But what yeah. I love about their example, David, and why I love talking about Netflix is if they had done just that, they could have sold and they, they would have had a nice little tidy profit. And okay, off they go. Throughout their history, they've been committed to a piece of them cannibalizing themselves so they didn't stop at the two or three choices the right. next was we're going to stream yeah and i remember guys like me and you go wait a minute i've got 28.8 modem how right. are you going yeah. to stream live video to my tv but it worked over time and then but they knew that internet bandwidth was only going to increase they or at least they're betting on it right right and, and now look at it again you know, that's for, emerging new technologies right this this better bandwidth we're going to take advantage of that so hastings looked at all this and he was looking at the future and building a company for what he believed was going to happen based on the emerging technology and the hole that needed to be filled in the marketplace maybe very true and also let me this is a very important point for your listeners Hastings and all the disruptors that we can talk about, they subtly remove that middleman. So Blockbuster didn't produce, didn't, didn't shoot and you know produce Star Wars. Right. They paid rights fee to have that VHS sitting in their their store, right. and you rented it. Right. They're a middleman, right? So sure. Hastings brought the entertainment directly to you on a on a comfort level that you loved, right? And so they continue to do that. And for their third act, they they produce their own. As opposed to paying rights fees to Paramount and MGM and Fox and all the movie houses, they said, you know what? We're going to try to make movies ourselves, which, by the way, when it happened, they lost 70% of their stock value. So you need some wow. spine 
to, to be able to make some of these calls. Right? And they, did, they probably knew that that would happen, or at least knew that they'd take a hit at first. Well, the market wasn't ready to hear, wait a minute, the mathematician nerd is now going to be at the new Steven Spielberg? Never going to yeah, happen. We'll right. bet against it. Right. And clearly today in 2019. Oh, you got major stars now who are signing up to star in Netflix originals. Well, and why is that? Do you want to go to the movie house, the AMC or, or all the theaters? Or do you want your 12-year-old your to have this in the back seat? I'm, I'm holding my smartphone or the right. tablet or right. your PC yeah. or things that we don't have uh, invented today that you will consume entertainment and media on. Obviously the choice is the second. Yeah, yeah. So Blockbuster, and this is interesting. If you, let, let's go back in time. You're working at Blockbuster. Netflix is doing this. And right now, some of our listeners right now are at that company that is going to be disrupted. What do you, what do we do? What do, what do they do? You know, um, all of us have kind of been there in some way, you know, from the old way of looking at things. Well, um, technology replaced my job. You know, some of us have been there. Um, maybe maybe uh, skill levels haven't kept up with the times. I mean, Wall Street Journal recently came out with an article. I think you mentioned it in a talk that I was in the other day. Um, the, uh, the average uh, worker's skill set lasts five years now. It used to be 15 or 20 years. Now it's five. It's probably going to be three the next time they, they, they come out with a report. So if you're that blockbuster guy, what do you do? It's a great question. So several things here. Number one, there's a term, it's called upskilling. Mm -hmm. So if you are, and you know, age really doesn't matter here. I was going to say if you're between maybe 35 to 55, this is ground zero for you. But really everyone needs to be upskilling their own game. And I think it's also incumbent upon people, don't wait for the company you work for. Oh, and it's really that's not, big. That's it, big. It's not their job. If you don't own your own personal development, if you, if you don't have more of a, of a of a responsibility for yourself than they do, then shame on you. But don't you think the hardest part of that is getting that that getting out of the day to day when you're in that job, getting out of the day to day and looking at yourself objectively and saying, if I were CEO, I would be I would be putting my job in the my job in the planned obsolescence category very soon. It's funny you, you say that. At, at my company, we have a piece of what we do. It's called the ten percent solution. And it's a really fun exercise to go through. So essentially, a lot of companies now, tech companies, will give their employees or, or they'll pick a pool of employees 10% uh, of their resource and time to say, hey, David, put our business out of business. That yeah. sounds a little controversial. Why would you do that? Yeah, well, A, right, right. if you're really paying attention, someone else is trying to do it. That, yeah. That's happening. So yeah. it's, it, you can't argue that it's a binary black and white fact. It's, there's no gray there. So well, back to, to your Netflix illustration, Netflix, they're doing the mail thing and they try to put themselves out of business by doing streaming. So let's let's take that for an example. If Blockbuster had taken us up on our 10% solution, a smart Cracker Jack employee at Blockbuster would have come back and said, guys, if we don't get ahead of streaming, we're done. Now, mm -hmm. whether or not Blockbuster would have paid attention, right. we, we can talk about that. But at a minimum, the question is, do you want to know that iceberg dead ahead or not? I, I think we'd all want to know. Yeah. It's, there it is, right? Mm -hmm. So can you spot it? But back to your question about their own games. And there's this term called intrapreneurship. So not entrepreneur. So in other words, hey, I worked for a large company. I really can't be an entrepreneur. I would disagree with that. I think you can always work on your own game to make yourself eminently more employable. And I'll give your listeners three things. This, this is how I teach to spot for disruption. Okay. These are really important. Number one is market complacency. What do I mean by that? So you take a look at a, an industry in the macro 
look, let's take the airline industry and ask yourself. <laughs> let's not. <laughs> when was the last big time innovation to that industry? Yeah, I'll ask I, you. I mean, uh, I, I mean, the only I think that the knee jerk reaction is to say, oh, Southwest Airlines or something. But really, they're and still using airplanes and flying people from point A to point B. That's not real disruption. Most people will say Southwest. And where I would push back is to say Southwest does a really good job selling and marketing to people. Yeah. But those are the same Boeing 737s yeah. that United and American right. and Delta fly. Right. I'll give you an example of a right turn. Banking. Yeah. How many people do you know? Fintech. That walk just... in and deposit a check in a physical location at a bank. I don't know any. Not Check very that. Many. My 88 year old, uh, you know, grandmother does. I do because one of the checks that I get is you cannot take a photograph of it. The company is very particular about that, and they have it coded to where it, the photographs won't come out. It's kind of weird, but I have to go physically deposit that one. But that's I'm I'm maybe the only guy. <laughs> Point being, that's where technology has stepped in, and it's made it so much easier. If yeah. Nathan is sitting at his kitchen table, snaps a picture of a check, yeah. uploads to his account, yeah. It took eight seconds, right? As opposed to him backing out of his driveway, fighting traffic. Yes. So he's never going to do that ever again. So that's an example. Market complacency. If you're in a business okay. that the industry is complacent, it's not a good sign. In other words, someone's working to disrupt you. Number two, and this is probably the biggest one. It's so easy to spot customer frustration. So ah. everywhere you look around, there are there are points where people are, are at boiling points, right? We may do an entire podcast series <laughs> on that alone, but yeah. yes, okay. So keep going. Uh, you know, again, let's go back to the airline industry. They're they're kind of an easy one to pick on. You know, you see someone's flight get yeah. canceled for reasons that people don't understand, and that wrecks your day. In some in some cases, vacation weeks. Take sure. the real estate industry for example. Yeah. How many people do you know that are jumping up and down and pleased with paying six percent? Yeah. Uh, very few, not anybody, unless, uh, unless you're extraordinary at creating a value for them. And some are, but that's another one where there's a lot of frustration over that. And then that FSBO deal come up, came along and it's, it's moderately. I mean, I, is that a disruptor? I think that's, by owner kind of a you're deal? seeing a lot of a hen pecking around the edges or a term that's used in the industry is called drip, drip, drip. So another one in the real estate industry is flat fee. So you'll see a lot of players that come and say, Hey, David, Sue, we'll sell your house for 1%. You'll get all the same services that a regular realtor does, yeah. but it's not truly disruptive in, term, in terms of a right turn. I'll tell you what would, would be disruptive in a real estate environment. Yeah. Augmented and virtual reality. Yeah. Forget the Oculus, which in 2019, that's, that's what we have today. Tech is going to get really good really quickly where you and your wife, David, can sit on a very comfortable sofa. An AI has already pre-ranked your, your preferences in terms of what you like, yeah. what you can afford, yeah. and, and what... Again, I do want a, a two level. What part of the of the of the town? And you can look at the image, and it'll be like you are in that house. It's like taking a tour. It's a virtual tour in a very comfortable setting, and it's database. It's database driven. It's all just on your a, preferences. And, and it's an MLS database driven. All on my preferences, and it's got video. Mm -hmm. I can see it. I feel like I'm doing a walk. Wow. Even, okay, I'm, I'm ready. I'll sign well, up. Even down to the senses. So there'll be, there will be different types of air conditioning settings and different scents that will. So yeah, this is going to get wow. really, really good really quickly. Wow. So you and Sue can see 30 say, okay, those two were really interested in, then you might want to go see the physical location. Yeah. And someday there'll be what's called a smart contract where your wife will go, that's it. That's the one push that button. And you just bought the house. Yeah. As all, opposed all, to, because all your data is already there. It just needs to be assembled. IE blockchain.
Well, exactly right. As opposed to signing your name 901 times, yes. which is today's process. That's right. So that's that's customer frustration. The third is what I call tension points. And this is okay. this is a little a little bit more hard to follow. So tension points would be where there's a an, an artificial obstacle to disruption, i.e. if the government is a big payer. So farming, agriculture, um, healthcare, the airline industry, because the FAA is really involved. Healthcare is a probably the biggest example. The government's about the fifty percent of the payer, so they're going to get disrupted. But it's just it's going to take longer because you have sure. it's a little bit stickier. Yeah. But if so, so in other words, if you're if you're working in a job and there are eight or nine tension points that really, quite frankly, shouldn't exist, it, you're primed to get picked off by disruption. So if I'm if I'm in an industry and I put these these three tests. Um, market complacency, customer frustration, and tension points. And I see, gosh, okay, um, I think I can identify something in every one of those categories. And I'm probably easy pickings or for somebody. That, that's well stated. And I'll give you the answers to the test. There's very few examples that don't check. At least either, two of those three. At least two, if not all yeah, three. Yeah. So. Because life moves on technology changes things change everybody's always searching for the better mousetrap well david we're doing this podcast in august of 2019 and we mentioned at the top of the show netflix yeah let me tell you who who what netflix is gently worried about later this fall disney plus disney is coming to market plus. that's okay right. so disney has taken their entire library <laughs> off of anyone else's service so all the way back to steamboat willie the black and white where mickey made his appearance yeah, sure on through the little mermaid and all the great the great entries to to movies from Disney, yeah. including ESPN and Hulu, that's coming to market. And go, oh, by the way, they're a dollar less than Netflix on purpose per month. Sure. So the disrupted can be hunted as well. And yeah. companies like Netflix, like I said, because they have that spirit of constantly cannibalizing themselves, I think that's the key to sticking around and, and growing. Well, that's a, that's, it's interesting because that can drive rates down. It can create more competition. Of course, you know, Disney's counting on their Marvel universe and all that being the kind of the lead, the lead dog and all that's interesting stuff when you consider that. Okay. So you got the average person who's working at a particular firm and they do a particular job. Am I going to be disrupted? Will my job be disrupted? Will my industry be disrupted? Something you said earlier really impress is impressive on me is that we have to take personal responsibility for our own upskilling for our own training, for our own adaptation, if you will, adapting to the marketplace. How do we do that? It's a great question. And look, this is human nature. This is not new. So 1908, Henry Ford rolled out the first Model T that the world had ever seen from the Detroit uh, assembly line, which was brand new back then. Right. David, there were guys who bought a thousand head of horses the week before because that was the way you moved. Yeah. Or there was someone that was heavily invested and involved in trains, right? right. And they poo-pooed automobiles. Because at the time, when it showed up, there were no roads, so it got stuck in the mud really quickly and easily. And you go, okay, kinda, kinda, I can see the, 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 the coolness of this, but it'll never last. Can you imagine saying, the automobile will never last I, I today? I mean, that's, I don't even, I can't even imagine right. that. We say that, but there are a ton of examples I can give you where you'd have the exact same reaction. I'll give you an example. Autonomous vehicles. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I don't like it. There you go. But it's probably going to happen. No, it will happen. I've been in one. I've been in one in California and yeah. in Arizona. And the data actually is hard to argue. When I came over here to your show, do you know how many people I saw texting while driving? A lot. Probably. Most of them. Do you know how many 
older folks who should not be on the road I saw driving. Do you know how many folks consume alcohol after 2 a.m.? So, get, so, so, so the driver, sorry about the pun, but the driver for autonomous vehicles will probably be insurance companies. It could be. I mean, could be. But back to your question about change. About that. That's interesting. We have to, as each individual person, get our head around the fact that change is not only coming, but it's coming fast. And so I think there are going to be major, major winners and much more quickly than we used to have winners. And then there are folks who have a bad attitude about it or a preset mindset. And you're, it's going to be tough to win if, if that's your if that's how you show up to the game. You, you, you're in a tough spot already. Yeah. But the good news is, and I think it's great news, there's never been a better time to do this than today. And tomorrow will be a little bit better than today. Wow. That's a lot to think about when you're considering you know, just being the average guy on the average job. Now, if you're a corporate leader, a business leader, um, you're thinking strategic or should be thinking at a strategic level on a regular basis. So we just talked about the ones that get disrupted. Um, let's talk about for just a couple of minutes. Let's talk about if you are seeking to be the disruptor. You know, if you're a, if you're a business leader and you've got your eyes on something and you're looking at, hey, the market is changing and I want to be. I want to be a part of that. I see, I see complacency. I see some tension. I see some frustration. Um, I want to create that. What What do you do? Do you yeah. just R and D it out and then and do your best to, you, like you said, you put ten percent of your income into it and just see what you get. I mean, how does that work? That's a really good question. So there's never been a better time to try all those things. And let me give you a real world example, one that I'm really really high on, and I, I follow these guys really closely. So there's a company called Lemonade, which is headquartered in New York City. Yeah. Again, almost down to the irreverence of the name. When I say Lemonade, you think of the drink, right? Right. Well, the guys at Lemonade felt that having home insurance was too clunky. It's expensive. We don't really know what you pay for. It, it's it, it's a, it's a it's a thing that for millennials is kind of hard to like aftermarket to. home insurance. Any or? insurance. Renter's oh. insurance, regular okay. home insurance. Okay. Okay. We have to have it, right? Sure. But again, they felt that too many, uh, too many obstacles, too expensive and hard to understand. Yeah. And oh, by the way, no, no tech flavor to it. So yeah. Yeah. they started with, with, with as niche a product as you could, you could get. They had new renter's insurance offered in New York City. So think about that. You had to be a brand new renter, not homeowner. Right. And you just wanted to, you do, you wanted to protect your belongings. So yeah. if there's a break in. You're all set. Right. So pretty small piece of the market. Yeah. All the big boys said, have at it, lemonade. Have yeah. fun with that little bitty teeny piece. Yeah. But think about what they were doing. A, they're engaging a new set of people who have never bought insurance before, mostly millennials, 20-somethings, right? right. So right. from a macro perspective, you're expanding your target audience like 10x, okay? okay? Number two, it's all done on their phone. Yeah, well, it has to at that at right. that point. Number yeah. three, uh, wildly affordable. In some cases, $5 a month to have renter's insurance. Wow. Then they added a component of, uh, of an artificial intelligent bot that processed the claim. So how, how long do you think it takes today in the regular insurance world from time David calls to process resolved? How long does that take today? Seven to 10 days. 39 days. Wow. Okay. For insurance. Exactly. So you call, hey, I've had a, I've had a break in yeah. to the end. 39 days. Wow. The Lemonade IA does it in three seconds. They resolve, they, they get you paid? You have a claim on their 
their app, which is all online. Yeah. The bot goes through all the variables of is this fraud and all the things that it okay. could be. Three seconds, it'll tell you yes or no. Wow. And then here's the kicker. At the end of every year, um, because a lot of people say, you know, big, bad, greedy insurance company, that's the yeah. that's that's the public perception. Sure. So they say, if we have money left over, David has indicated a, a charity that he loves, that he connects with. They're going to give a piece of yours to that charity. I like that. So emerging technology, really brand new business model, and they are on a rocket ride. Yeah. So watch for the name Lemonade and Insurance. Wow. Because they're doing what you asked me. So they, they were able to, like you said, they use your litmus test of the three the, the three things here, and they were able to, to kind of forecast it out and look at it. That's, that takes a lot of guts, doesn't it? I mean, that takes vision and guts. and um, It I mean, does, do, David. I, I, to me, I'm looking at this, you know, I've been, I've been a, you know, an executive leadership in a, in a company, and, and I'm thinking, wow, it would take a lot to get most business leaders to step out of themselves for a moment, especially when they're accountable to a board for, you know, we're very transactional. American businessmen, we're very transactional. Let me jump in. That's such a good point you bring up because, and that's a soft underbelly of this. If you are a publicly traded company in today's economy, you have a quarterly shareholder, yeah. you know, goal to hit, period. And that's right. it. Everything else yeah. is secondary, right. including three and five years out. Great example of that, General Electric, which in our in our childhood, as we were coming up into college, we're in our 40s, that was, Jack Welch was the guy. Yeah. He had wrote books on management. GE was everything from washer and dryers to turbines sure. to you name it. And they were a darling of Wall Street. And today, they're barely hanging on because they've clung to that quarter by quarter existence and with, with no vision on truly innovating, truly hitting the right turn. Yeah. And, and there's there's so many other examples of this. You know, Walmart, Walmart's got thousands of stores worldwide, which cost money to operate. Do you think the guy up in the Pacific Northwest, Jeff Bezos, he can beat them on price and he can deliver it to your doorstep. Yeah. So Walmart has to make bets real quick, but they're publicly traded. So they're a slave to the market. So right. all this is a really interesting gumbo for who's going to win big and, right. and who's going to lose. Let's see, let's see Walmart take a 70% dip like Netflix did. And and then, you know, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. It takes, it takes some... So yeah, one, one thing nuts. I also don't want to miss, you said it's, it, it's hard. I, I'm not so sure. I think if you just sit around with your friends and say, gosh, what would be really neat? Would it be really neat if Sue and I didn't have to drive, take 45 minutes to go rent a copy of Ghost? Yeah, yeah. that would be really cool. Yeah. If we could push a button on our remote and it's right there. So you know what? That, that conversation happens in my head all the time. Uh, I just don't take it to the next step. Um, and, and if, if most people are probably like me, you're probably like me, Nathan's probably like me. And, and we're probably thinking things every day. I wish it didn't have to X or I wish this is really hard. I wish this wasn't so difficult to do this task, this thing in business or at home or whatever. Those may be opportunities to create something new that's disruptive in an industry. Um, I think a lot of us have a tendency to just kind of shut it down because they don't know how. And back to the, you know, you and I are both a fan of Simon Sinek and uh, he's famous for saying, you know, don't ask how, don't ask what, start with why. Absolutely. But I will say this, if, if that resonated with you and you're listening to this now, I, I can name what's going on. It's our own fear. Yeah. And you have to push through and break through the wall of your, oh, I might, I might be judged. Someone I, I might not 
someone I might not know might say that I'm ridiculous for trying this. Yeah. I, Nonsense. I'll go, I'll go a step further. You will be judged and somebody will say you're ridiculous. It's going to happen. The question is, what are you going to do and how do you think about it? And what are you going to do on your own for, for yourself? You, you named it fear. You've got to deal with the fear first. And you know, that's a topic for, we, we could get into that for, for eons, but uh, Henry, this is, this is great stuff and it's exciting and scary at the same time. <laughs> um, when you think about it from an employee standpoint, when you think of it from a business leader standpoint, there are a lot of things that th this is, uh, this has got a lot of legs. We could talk about this forever. As a matter of fact, I'd love for you to stick around. Let's do part two. I think there's some, there's some things that we can, we can keep going on. But, uh, before we leave, I want to, I want you to share how people get in touch with you. Sure. So we have a small consulting company, Henry Hayes Consulting and Hayes is spelled H-A-Y-S. We do this a lot. We, we help people get their eyes open to what's coming, how to spot it, and then how to make it work for them. Like I said, one of the fun things we do with corporations, we do our 10% solution where we teach them how to have a small group yeah. that has the job of putting them out of business. It's, yeah. it's a lot of fun. Another thing we didn't talk about, but it's really, really fun to, to delve into is what's called an unholy alliance. And what that simply means is putting two businesses or, or, or two things together that on its face would have zero relevance and zero fit. And the, the, the two great examples are when I say the word Guinness, what do you think of? Beer. Exactly. That beautiful glass pint of black beer, 300-year-old yeah. family recipe. Sure. So I'll tell you the quick story. 1951, the man who was running Guinness was on a bird hunt in England with, with his right and left-hand guys. And he takes a shot at a bird and he misses. And men being what, what they do to other men, they, his buddies razzed him up at, at you know, you miss that one. And he says, God, that's got to be the fastest bird in England. It's an excuse, right? <laughs> right well, they right. go back to the castle they rented and they're slugging a lot of Guinness that night, continuing to argue over this bird. So he gets up the next morning. He says, you know, first thing, gosh, we went through a lot of Guinness. Sales were flat then, by the way. Mm -hmm. And he said, how would I know what the fastest bird in England, who, who, what it was? Right. And so guess what was born? The Guinness Book of World Records. Wow. I had no idea it was the same Guinness. It's an unholy alliance. So on its face, a paperback, which tells you who can juggle the most pancakes in a minute, and a 300-year-old family recipe for beer <laughs> from a village in England wow. couldn't be further from, the, from, from a, a symmetry, correct? Mm -hmm. But the guys at Guinness thought, you know what? Guys argue about stupid stuff, guilty, and they will go back into these pubs and drink our Guinness, arguing over... The fastest bird so in the moral of the story is you've got to be British and you've got to be thinking about drinking a lot before you can come up with the good ideas, right? Michelin. What do, what, what, <laughs> nice accent. What do you Michelin. think of when I say Michelin? Tires. Okay. The big restaurants. The big gray logo with the belly. Yeah, right. right. It's vulcanized rubber, right? Tires. Right. Same issue at Michelin. Sales were flat to declining. So they had a, a, a meeting of their executives and they had a bold one say, look, we've got to get mom and pop back on the road. We literally have to get tread on the tire. How do we do that? And someone raised their hand and said, what if we rated the different restaurants they could go yeah, to? Right. And the Michelin rating guide was born. But hold on a second. Vulcanized rubber, there's nothing, you know, vulcanized rubber and the best Vichy Swah in Manhattan. From, yeah. Right. Couldn't have anything less to do with one sure, another. Right. But the symmetry between Michelin coming up with that idea. And by the way, today, if you have a Michelin three star, you're retired. Yeah. from the culinary arts. You made it. Yeah. But there th those are, you know, the the poster children examples, Apple and music. 
before Apple delved into music, you would have said, wait, the, the PC company with the weird Steve Jobs guy, they're going to do music? That doesn't make any sense. And today, yeah. well, most downloaded in the, in the world is, is Apple's uh, you know, music platform. So right. those are the, the examples everyone relates to. But David, it's getting real interesting with where different companies are aligning where yeah. normally would have no, make no sense. Wow. Well, that gives that gives a lot of hope to to all of us who say, well, I don't know anybody in the X whatever industry. Hey, man, just you got to dream it first. Henry, this has been ter terrific. Thank you for um, for sharing this with us. Um, Henry Hayes Consulting dot com. Mm -hmm. Henry Hayes Consulting dot com. If you want to get in touch with Henry, he's got a lot more where this comes from. Believe me, uh, we've talked uh, at length and I've seen him speak. He's fantastic. If you want to book this guy. Go on that website, henryhayesconsulting.com. Uh, you will not be disappointed, and he's a lot of fun. Henry, thanks again for being with us. My pleasure. Thanks to Henry Hayes once again for joining us with a podcast in the studio today talking about disruption. Leave your comments because we'd love to hear your thoughts, your ideas. Obviously, you can connect with Henry at Henry Hayes Consulting. That's H-A-Y-S, henryhayesconsulting.com. You can even book him for an appearance if you wish. Join us next time as we add a little daylight to the topics that have an impact on people that we know, love, and lead. Connect with me at thedaygroup.com or on Twitter at dday underscore or at the Day Group Facebook page. Until then, I'm Dave. David Day with Henry Hayes encouraging you to make it a great day.